Hello and welcome to the Villa Park podcast. It's me, Rich. Kev will be joining us very, very shortly. I'm not sure where he is. Apologies that we are slightly later than advertised. Um, just a few bits and bobs to sort out. But we're here to review Aston Villa 1, West Ham 1, and also um, Aston Villa Women 2, West Ham Women 1. Um, so yeah, lots to get on. Let's lots to get on with. Lots to go through. Please comment on your thoughts on the game. We're just going to go through the match and thoughts on different players, thoughts on different performances. So as you all know, it's driven by you guys. So get your get your thoughts in the comments. What do you think? Who was your man of the match? Who played well? Who didn't play well? What do we need to look at moving forward? Was it a missed opportunity, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So please, as always, get your comments in. Um, Please do leave a like on the video. I've already got great numbers watching, so please do hit the like button. If you're new to the channel, please do subscribe and um, and get your, as I say, get your comments in. Help us spread the word of what is the most underrated Villa podcast out there. Um, here he is, the man himself. How are you doing, mate? Mate, you'd be proud of me tonight. I'm sure all our uh, listeners would as well. Um, I got back from football. My boiler's packed up, so I'm glad you pushed it back to 9:45 because I've been I was in the loft basically trying to reset the water pressure. No idea what I'm doing, but I've had a shower. I'm all clean. So, um, yeah. And it um, wasn't cold? No, it wasn't. I nearly did it near a cold while I did this morning, but it's all right in the mornings, but not at night time. No, no. So, yeah, all, all ready to go, mate, to talk about um, what I see is a bit of a missed opportunity, if I'm honest, at the weekend. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. I know you were at the game. You had to sit on your hands after... You know, what yeah. was a great move for for, for um, Watkins' goal. And I guess also when the frustration was fly, flowing through with certain moves breaking down and, yeah, passes being given away. So we'll get into that. And also you, quite rightly, mate, um, <clears throat> wanted to highlight the Villa women as well. So let's get that. Let's, let's do that first because we always leave them to the end. But, yeah, um, you know, obviously getting a great win in the capital against West Ham. But unfortunately, the guy, the, the men's team couldn't make it a double, but great win nonetheless for the women. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen Rachel Daly's goal, but absolutely cracking. Like, oh, on, awesome. Yeah. On the spin, yeah. smashed it in. And that is just, I mean, they're now like fifth in the league, Villa's, uh, Villa's women. Um, but I mean, it's absolutely fantastic considering where they were last season. 26 points. So they're six points clear now of six spot. And only, I mean, there's such an established set of teams in, in the Women's Super League, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Arsenal. For Villa's women to be only six points behind, uh, fourth spot. So, I mean, it's not that much when you consider that. Like Leicester have got seven points, Brighton have got eight, Tottenham have got nine, Reading have got ten. For Villa to be on 26 is an absolutely fantastic performance this season. And Carla Ward and the rest of the players should be incredibly proud of what they've done. So, Long may it continue, and it, it would have been wonderful to get a double double win, wouldn't it, over West Ham? But um, wasn't quite to be. Wasn't quite to be, but yeah, I think they've since the turn of the year they've won four, drawn two. They can't really do much better than what they're doing. So yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Still in the cup, and, well, still in the cup. Yeah, still in the cup as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Michael said great point for the men and a fantastic result for the women. Won the last great three. Great to see ten thousand supporting them before the end of the season. I think they probably will. You know, I think they'll get them. A couple of really big crowds, so yep. yeah, 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 awesome. Got comments. Like, say, Michael says, Good evening. No snow to clear today, absolutely. T1's good evening, T. I don't think she'd have any snow to be fair, as well. Um, I think 1 1 was a fair result, seeing both teams had chances to score a winner, yeah, definitely. Um, Simon, evening, everyone, evening, Simon, great to have you on, mate. 
Um, I'll come on to Gary's comments shortly because I'm sure you'll have quite... Well, we both have quite a bit to say about the player that he's mentioning. Rachel's in the house. Hi, all. Deontay's in. Hello, all. I think I was the only one on the pod to predict a draw. I believe you did. It was a fair result. Three points is a must against Bournemouth, though. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come on to that a little bit later. Um, hope the owners will throw some money towards the women's team next season, says Gary. Um, if West Ham had been playing any of the sleazy six, that penalty would have never been would never have been given. The only other criticism is Bailey is becoming worse in Emery we trust. Yes, uh, Michael's also said just one more point on the women. I'm old enough to remember Gordon Cowens, and I absolutely love Kenza Darley as she plays like him. Yeah. She's a phenomenal player, to be fair. Um, yeah, and they backed and recruited them so well. Yeah, they have they have done. Okay, the comments are coming in already, mate. So before we get into kind of goals, um, uh, and it's pro- partly to do with the penalty decision as well, but Simon says there, what are we going to do about the boy, Leon? Um, and yeah, and, and as I said, Gary had said, fair result was a draw, but concerned about how Mr. Bailey is becoming under Unai. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it started for me, it's starting to come to the point where I'm actually, rather than criticising him, I'm actually feeling a little bit sorry for him. And that's that's not that's not a stage you want to be with a Premier League footballer, is it? I've got no sympathy for him at all. He's paid a ridiculous amount of cash each week. And, I mean, it's, it's his job, isn't it? I mean, no one wants a player to get... He's not getting booed by the fans. He's not, you know, he could be getting a lot more grief than, than he is potentially. Um, I just think it's a classic case of someone thinking they're better than than they are. Um, now, people are going to say, some people sound crazy for saying that because he lit, he lit with the Bundesliga at times and he's very highly rated. Loads of teams are after him and it's his first season and a lot of players take a bit of time to adapt to the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you the issue I've got is that he's just a liability. He's, I can't, He'll put the odd good ball in the box, and of course he's popped up with the odd goal, but his ball retention is generally terrible. He gives the ball like all the time. I mean, your ball goes to him. I'm I'm at the point now where, I mean, I play five-a-side sometimes, and there's always the occasional player you know you can pass to and they'll they'll be fine. And there's the occasional player you think, oh, I don't know if I'm going to give it to them because, you know, they might lose it. We're talking a Premier League player. I'm not not talking some 59-year-old from Wolverhampton. I'm talking a Premier League player. And I think that he gets the ball in situations and I'm kind of cringing what he's going to do. And it was really highlighted for me against West Ham because there's Jared Bowen, who was man of the match, in my opinion. And also Ben Rama, who was a little bit wasteful, but obviously got the penalty. But in terms of the way they kind of kept the ball, they passed the ball generally to people. They at least did something. He's got a shot off. Those two, cheaper from the championship. And I would rather have either of those in the Villa team every day ahead of Leon Bailey. He just... Doesn't off. I mean, he did offer something actually. To be to his credit, he did offer something at the weekend. He gave a penalty away. <laughs> um, so uh, at least, at least he had some contribution to the game, albeit not for us. Yeah, no, I think it's one of those where, like, watching the game. Obviously, you were in the ground, so you could see. I don't know how the view seems like miles away in in in, a, in that stadium, like wherever you're sitting. But anyway, you were you were there, and um, but watching the game on the TV for me, like the. I'm getting to the point now with Villa where we're good in possession. We take our time. Then we go quick into midfield. We can move it quickly in midfield. And I'm, you know, I think as a Villa fan base, we kind of 
we're now getting used to that and we, we kind of got confidence in and we'll come on to one or two of the other players that we've got much more confidence in now that they're gonna they're gonna hold the ball or they're gonna give it to a villa player but I've, I've i've still got that feeling with bailey like whenever he gets the ball i don't i don't know if well like me as a fan i don't know what he's going to do with it and i think he's going to give it away so i dread to think what the players think when they give him the ball like what what is he going to do like he We've had this situation before. Like, obviously, it was always give the ball to Jack because we knew he'd do something. But when, whenever we kind of didn't have him in the team, it was always a situation where the players would look at each other and be like, well, what do we do with it now? Like, and, and there was a trust issue with, like, when they gave a, when they gave the ball to, say, a Traore, for example, or they gave the ball to an Algarzi or, or whoever else, that you weren't going to get it back. You didn't think you were going to get it back, and there's that situation with Bailey. Why I think there's this, there's a time where they're giving him the ball, but they're just not sure that they they're not trusting him to to deliver it into the box or to beat the fullback or to even even just pass it back to Matty Cash or whoever's yeah. whoever's there. Like, do you know what so, it is, Matt? As well, like I was going to say, it's it's not. Listen, you, wingers are streaky. You see, yeah, that's your almost you know catch line isn't it about wingers and you're absolutely right wingers can be inconsistent look at Anthony at Man United I mean I wouldn't say Bailey's any better than him so at least we got off got off you know slightly there but the problem for me Bailey is touch is generally either unbelievable they'll pull it out of the air like out of nowhere but or it's absolutely awful like it'll bounce off him and he'll, he'll give possession away when he's trying to do a trick it's almost so obvious what he's trying to do very rarely does he take a fullback on. He occasionally goes on the outside and gets across in the box occasionally and just puts some good balls in sometimes. But generally, it's just obvious to see what he's doing. Yeah, there's not, there's not like, you know, like sometimes I think he's just lost that bit of whether it's confidence, whether it's ability, whether it's, I don't know. But, you know, like when, say when Ben Rama got the ball, Bowen got the ball. As a West Ham fan, you were anticipating something happening. You you thought like he's going to get past the fullback here, or he's at least going to get us a corner. He's going to get us something. Whereas with Bailey, you're like, I'm 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 struggling to know if he's actually going to control the ball. Yeah, like so so he's not putting the fullback under any undue pressure. And there was a and there's also a time where I think I think it was in the first half where it. it he, he had, a, I think he had a pretty decent touch and then he went to kind of shield it away from the defender and the defender just like ran through him almost and just took the ball off him. So there's that kind of strength issue as well where I think he needs to get on the, if we're going to keep him beyond this season, he needs to get on the weights and kind of really like bulk up because physically he's not strong enough either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, but then another part of me is like, we all say we trust in Unai Emery and we trust in everything that he's doing. And Unai Emery's picking him, so yeah. like, what? How do we how do we square that circle? Well, I think it's a valid point, but I mean, I don't know if he's got a huge amount of other options. You know, Coutinho's out at the moment. He could play Duran, but I think Duran's still very raw, as you can see. He either does really great stuff, or you know, he's a bit he's a bit profligate himself. Um, I mean, the, the other week when we had Bailey and Duran up top, um, I think it was against Arsenal at the end. I mean, you, you that is that was literally like a box of uh, yeah. But then, like, Bailey did that touch that was unreal, turned the defender inside out and nearly won the game for us. Like, I don't no, no. Honestly, no. I don't. Like, but it's, it's, it's too, it's too, it's too little to, like, 
to let uh, not often enough but yeah i think comments coming in simon says so many positive but he's so inconsistent unai is giving him plenty of chances michael says um leon will be a bench player next season he's more effective coming off the bench but i do think the pre the premier is too strong for him um i'll come on to the gary and greg's points in a second um Jam Jack said, I'm hoping Bailey is a work in progress for Emery or bye-bye in the summer and get some money back. Um, and then T1 said, it's not just, it's not just, it, it's just not going for Bailey. I really, I'm really not sure what's going on. It's not for lack of trying. I think he is trying. It's just not coming off. Um, Rachel said, I think the Bailey's confidence has disappeared since the miss at Wolves. Yeah, yeah could, could well be. You know, um, you, you know, you, you know, in games like that, um, so just say that comment if you want for Michael. Yeah, sorry. And then I think the fans like Bailey, but it's not working for him. And that, that alludes to what you said, uh, Kev. You know, he's not getting massive amount of stick. No. But it's it's just a fact of, yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're kind of waiting for or expecting from him. And I, I guess because we're doing well and because results are going quite well for us, he's, he's almost kind of getting away with it almost. Whereas if we were getting beat every week, he would yeah. probably be getting a lot of stick. Well, if that Wolves game was like, I don't know, in in a couple couple of games time, I and mean, you know we'd lost a couple on the bounce. It might have been a different different story. Um, the the issue for me is that in a game like that, where look, let, let's let's be let's be realistic about it, right? Yeah, it's the it's absolutely right. Gary. It's, it's he's got his head turned by Basingstoke, hasn't he? Um, lols. Um, in games like that, you know, for us to get a draw against a team we haven't got a great record against. Um, West Ham, you know, we don't, you know, we haven't, we haven't won there. I think we haven't beat them in nine games. I think we haven't won there since 2011. I think it was the stats that I saw, or at least 2010, 11. So we've not, it's not been a happy hunting ground for us, or it's not been good for us home or away for, if against them since we come back to the Premier League. But you have to put that in isolation. That's like saying, you know, I've never been beaten in a fight by someone, but if it's like, you know, now you're in better shape and better physical condition and, you know, you've been in the gym more and they haven't. Then you've got to take advantage when they're weak. And it's games like that when our attacking options get found out because the build-up play at times was absolutely delicious. And actually, you know, I think there's some really nice patterns of play. Some, I mean, it was summed up perffully. There was a bit where I thought Brendan was actually pretty good most of the game. I think he did, did he faded a bit in the second half. But I actually thought for a start, you know, we, we've criticised him before not being that good. But I thought he was getting about the pitch. I thought his use of the ball was good. But there's one bit when I thought he'd lost the ball and he did brilliant to kind of retain the ball, went past someone, played a pass into Bailey and Bailey just chipped it to the keeper. Yeah, I was, I was like, in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I know like you can put anything in isolation and anyone can make a mistake, but it's games like that against a team where you should really be winning with a bit more quality in your attacking players that, you know, you, you can win. You bring on a striker or you've got a starting wing or whatever and they can produce a moment of magic. I thought Ben Rama was going to do it at some point for West Ham. And Bowen, every time he got the ball, he did something with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, that's what, we, that's what we're wanting from someone like that. But, yeah, I mean, like I say, I think Michael said there, um, you know, let's not kill him. But I think Emery is giving him every opportunity to show himself. And, look, he's going to keep playing him. He's going to keep picking him and, you know, hopefully he does play himself into form. I do think he's more of a home player and then an away player. And But I do think we're starting to keep the ball more and he's going to have to start producing something with the ball. Like, he's getting into areas where he can do stuff. Um, so, yeah, um, I did want to I did want to touch on the player who kind of came on for him and we obviously hadn't seen him for ages. Um Greg says, evening chaps, is it just me who can't get over Bertie's new look? Hopefully we get a new signing effect from him. Um, 
And there, Gary says, now Bertie is fit. Surely he will start from now on. Bailey is a sub from now on. A um, few other comments about, about Traore. Um, Tuan says, not much better either. He frustrated me the whole time he was on the field with his end product, half dozen and six, really. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Because, um, like Greg said there, we played inverted right winger yesterday and it really didn't work as as the right back didn't get forward enough and both Bailey and Bert are so both so left footed it's too easy to defend against, need to swap wings at times. Yeah. We we mentioned this before this afternoon when we were chatting and before the pod about it's almost like a quite a strange formation because you're you you're asking Moreno to kind of be that left winger from left back. But you're asking but the, the Bailey or Troyoro are playing on the right hand side, but they're both left footed, so they're gonna come inside. But then he's not really asking Cash to do the to do the overlapping job. Yeah. So we're a little bit lopsided. Yeah, um, I do think that Bailey and Troyoro they are both incredibly left footed, and that that is um that is that is an issue. The thing is, look, listen, you can definitely get recency bias, can't you? So you can forget, you know, and, and you know, oh, maybe maybe Alexander Tanev wasn't that bad, you know, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, Bosco yeah. Balaban was all right in the, yeah. in the brief Kareem spell Al- that he had. Kareem Al-Akmadi was all right when he, you know, he played. Remember Michael Bradley? He, he was all right, wasn't he? Like, you can always think these things. And then the latest one you've got, he's, he's terrible. And, you know, we use such, such um, you know, grand language sometimes to describe things that patently aren't true, but... I do feel that if I think that like Bailey is a four or five out of ten, that I think Traoré is probably a five six out of ten. I just think he's, I think he's slight. He retains the ball better for me. That's one thing I'll say. I think his touch is better. He's, I don't often, and maybe this is from memory. Maybe someone will put me wrong in the comments, but I don't seem to think he gives it away. Like he might do not the best cross into the box, but I don't think he's giving it away. He seems to keep it pretty well and keep away from defenders pretty well. So he is a clever footballer going forward. He is really clever footballer. Like if you look at some of the finishes, you look at some yeah. of the the, the 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 passes that he can produce. Like the vision he's got is 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 brilliant. The problem with him is is that he switches off the other direction. He switches off at the back, and he let like he almost let um he, he almost let Ben Rama through by just not tracking the runner. And and I know Bailey gave away a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty at all. But I do think, to his credit, he does do a job going the other way. Um, he might not be the best at defending, but he does he does do a job going the other way, and he works hard for the team. Obviously, a reason why um, Emery picks him. So, yeah, it, it, it's one of those. Like at the end of the day, you want him to be doing stuff going forward. Like you'll sacrifice that if he if he does stuff going forward, and he isn't doing that at the moment. But I just wouldn't trust Traore now starting him because he'd, you know, we're coming up against a fairly physical side in in Bournemouth, playing well, got got pacey pacey wide men I just wouldn't fancy Triore to do any anything like the defensive job that he would need to do yeah well this is the thing with both I think both of them at times I know Bailey does gets back a bit but I, I think that his work rate at times I don't see him pressing as well as maybe that maybe maybe that's the system that Emery's playing you know pressing less but um you know and I, I just think back to Arsenal fourth goal when he yeah I was gonna say that but yeah I I, I agree on that sense, like 98th minute, like what you're doing. But, you know, I think, I do think as a general rule, he he does more of the defensive duty and he doesn't necessarily switch off as much as, as that. Um, what about, you know, um, like Greg said there, probably Troy, he's got no concept of how to defend. He's clearly never had to because his position of football intelligence defensive-wise is of, is of a five-year-old. Um, 
it, also, it, Simon it, says Tony Nevy's starting to feel better about Bailey now. And I, it, yeah, no, I know. I could pick some more out if you want me to. Um, remember, remember Nicholas Hellenius? Remember him? He, <laughs> he lost his shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we, th we thought we were getting all these star players from Europe, and we didn't, did we? Um, no, the thing with Bailey, I think that sums him up perfectly. He does remind me of a re like this a really talented player when I watch my lad play like under nines football. That one minute will like do an amazing turn, smash it in the top corner. The next minute will kick it the wrong way accidentally. Like it, 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 it does feel like he's he's just learning how to play football. It's 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 crazy, really. Clearly got talent, clearly got ability in the ball, but um, I just don't think he's anywhere near reliable enough. Now your argument is that he's the more reliable of him and Traore against a team that maybe will be will be fairly hard working. I wonder whether you know there might be be an alternative option if it's not Duran. You know, there's been talk about playing. Moreno and Dino at the same time, hasn't there? Yeah, terms of, yeah. You know, that, could, that could be that could be a shout. Yeah, or, play, you or, know, or, or playing Cash and Young. I don't know, but I think yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask everyone everyone a question in the comments, right? If you were going to have a wide right player, and I appreciate we generally play Watkins and Bailey, but let's say if it was an option of Bailey, Traore, or Ashley Young playing that wide right role right now, what does everyone think? What do you think, mate? First of all. Um, I think, well, I think when Ashley Young came on, he probably played, he probably knocked in the best cross of the whole game, uh, other yeah. than Moreno, other, other than, other than Moreno's goal, like that, that, the cross that he put in was unreal. Um, and that, that was, that was after he just came on. So yeah, I, th I think you'd probably say Ashley Young, to be honest, because you've got the game intelligence, you've got the fitness and yeah. you've got the, 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 the You've got the possession that he can he can keep the ball. Um, he would. So it, it, it's and then and then you'd also have a have a situation where you could bring a Bailey or a Traore off the bench with twenty minutes to go. When that then when that wide defender is a little bit tired or kind of mm -hmm. you know one of those players is raring to go because we've still like I think like you say Buendia was better starting this week, but we've we we still kind of have that situation where. Some of the players are better coming off coming off the bench with twenty minutes to go, like, well, I, <laughs> rather than actually starting the game. Yeah, I know. Maybe we can petition the Premier League to make games only go from seventy to ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, <laughs> Michael agrees with you, mate. Um, he says yeah, after right. Young, Simon says Moreno and Dean is an option. Um, Alan Jones says he wishes. Uh, Young was 10 years younger. Yeah. Um, Duncan says Dini can play left midfield, could play McGinn at right mid, to be fair, when Kamara's back. Um, well, I was, I, I was going to say that, actually. Like, I think as an option, if Den Duncan was fit, potentially, because I thought Chambers was poor when he came on, um, looked like so off the pace. Um, if Den Duncan was fit, you could play Den Duncan next to Louise and you could play uh, John McGinn. You know, John McGinn, he's left for like, coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's playing like an inverted anyway. But, but yeah, mm. well, let, let's let's talk McGinn. Um, let's talk McGinn because one one thing here, uh, Greg says Emery's system we've, we doesn't really use the fullbacks the same. That's why Mourinho so Moreno is so free to attack, and why we aren't seeing the right back going on the same. Mm. Won't fit every game though. We need a plan B. Yeah. Um, and Rachel said right now. Young, but it's not a long-term solution. Yeah, we have to get that part right for the summer. It, yeah. I'm sure it's a priority. But yeah, talking of of, of great, of really good performances, um, and a player who seems to have again found a new lease of life uh, under Unai Emery is, is John McGinn, and he's looking lean, he's looking mean, he's he's passing sharper, he's running past players. 
he played two different positions yesterday in terms of like just in front of the back four and then moving further forward as the game went on. Mate, he was just all over yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, well, it's funny, you know, I saw um, a little like, on this day um, video today from, I think it was four years back when we uh, we beat Forest 3-1 in the championship. And, yes. you know, he scored yes. those two, two great goals. You know, he turned Jack Cole back and then smashed it in the near post and then a, a left, foot ping, left foot pinger from 25 yards for the second goal. Um, and that marauding, swashbuckling, John McGinn, full of energy, like taking on taking on all comers, he, I feel like he's back. I feel like he's back. He was he was great on on a, on Sunday. I forget, I forget what day it was. Yeah, and he was he was, he was like I don't know. Like he seems to have like he's not going to be a captain who shouts. And obviously, you could hear Mings, you know, telling people he's got that bellowing, like good, good, and like well done and that. But McGinn seems to have that like fire in his belly again to be that kind of captain who leads by example on the pitch and. Yeah. What I obviously tweeted out earlier that what I like about him, what I like about how he's reacted to Emery and maybe the coaching from Emery, maybe the system is that under Smith and under Gerard, he was giving the ball away all the time. And part of the giving the ball away is obviously a part of the giving the ball away is the player on the ball. But he also has to have options to be able to pass to. And if he's only got one option, that's yeah. easy to defend against because obviously the opposition know where he's going to go. But at the yeah. moment, because we're playing all these pass, intricate passes in midfield and we've, we know players are moving and we can play it back and we can play it left, right, forwards. He's, he's got three or four options every time he's on the ball. So it yeah. just makes it much easier. He's got more time to kind of pick his, pa- like take a touch and pick his pass. And obviously then that, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy then because he becomes more confident on the ball. Yep. He then wants to run with it. He's then got options to run past someone because they don't know whether he's going to pass it or, or, or run with it. And then it just leads to a, a better player. Now there's two things I'd like him to do a little bit better. And I don't know whether it was part, partly to do with the surface, but I feel like sometimes his first touch is stuck under his feet and then he has to have another touch to kind of get him on the move. So I'd like him to kind of get that first touch a bit better. And then secondly, obviously, it's the goals and assists, which we'd like to to see that coming. He had a shot from like 25 yards that went over, but just want to see that that in the game. And then And then he would be like back to that kind of midfielder that was touted around as being one of the, the strongest in the league. Yeah, I, I thought that um, it, it was also, I thought, just 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 his general energy, you know, and that midfield for West Ham is very competitive. You know, you've got Suchet, you've got Rice, you've got some good big players, but I thought he was the pick of the midfielders. I actually thought Louise was really good as well. Mm-hmm. I thought his use of the ball was really good. And I think I think that uh, I, I was concerned before the part about McGinn sliding back into that, uh, that, that kind of double pivot role. Um, but I thought he did really well. I thought he did really well. So, you know, we've, we've clearly got options now. That, that, that's a good thing about it. Um, you know, there's a few players we need a bit more from, of course. You know, obviously, we've talked about Bailey. We've talked about um, Dini in the past. I thought Ramsey was not always kind of on the edge of the game. You know, it was a couple of... I mean, yeah, a bit on the edge. He worked quite well with the left-hand side. But, yeah, I, I agree. And then obviously, that move for when, you know, we'll come on to, we'll come on to the... the the, uh, the score of our goal, Ollie Watkins, but but there was that chance, you know, that great move, and Ramsey played well in in there. But yeah, he was. He, he, I guess when a player like a, a Ramsey or a Bailey or a Buendia doesn't score or doesn't assist, you, they're almost that's almost what they're there to do, isn't it? That's their kind yeah. of 
that's their mission, right? And if they don't do anything to do with that mission, like, you know, I don't think I don't think Ramsey had a shot on target, had a shot on goal. So you're, if he's not doing that, then he's obviously he's not necessarily doing what he's been put on the pitch to do. Or if mm-hmm. Buendia doesn't put a ball through for a one-on-one or like the approach play was good, but you want that, you want that last bit, you want that cherry on the on the top of the cake almost, don't you? Yeah, you, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. Um, and listen, like, you know, it, it, we come back to the point about opportunities missed, but I, I do think to myself, you know, it, if we if we could have just got, got the win there, that momentum keeps going, it would have been three on the bounce. It's a really good opportunity to make it four on the bounce, which would have been the first time we've done it since the start of that, that COVID season when we beat um, Sheffield United, Fulham, Leicester, Liverpool. Um, you know, uh, wow, you know, and then you go into the Chelsea game after the international break in a, in a, well, who's going to finish higher in the yeah, league? Yeah, yeah, get above them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to go through the comments, but guys, we've got loads watching, which is fantastic for a Monday night. So thank you so much for your support. And um, please do hit the like button and subscribe if you're new to the channel. We're over 1,050 now. We did that in the week. So, Got loads of shows coming up this week. Preview show for Bournemouth. I'm sure we'll be back with a talking tactics show, which go really well. Body more bulletins on this day show, which I just launched last week. So please do hit the like button, hit the subscribe button to to get all the content. But yeah, Tuan says McGinn played well beside Dougie yesterday. Dougie misses his mate Kamara though. I mean, yeah, we're obviously going to miss Kamara massively. Kamara and Dan Dunker would be a good pivot. Um, Michael on McGinn says Johnny's focusing on his game now. He's lost a few pounds and looking stronger. Why can't he score a goal though? He's totally lost his goal scoring threat, said Gary. I, th- I do think that'll come. I really do. Gaza says, Class to hear everyone singing the praise of Super John McGinn again. Um, and Greg says, For the record, has been so critical. Uh, Louise was excellent yesterday and has been much improved as well as McGinn. Absolutely, mate. Emery's tactics is about creating space to pass. Yeah, we'd be definitely seeing that. John says, of the first 14, that being the most regular players, which ones do you think leave in the summer? You have to name two. Oh, OK. Um, of the first 14, who do, who do I think, who, who do I want to leave or who do I think will leave? Um, God, that's a tough question because I don't know if I know necessarily know that Bailey will leave, for example. Um I think there's a good chance that Dean you might leave um, because I think he's been usurped now as starting left back. So, you know, maybe we'd get a move back to France or something. Um, and I think there's a good chance. I don't know. I can see maybe Bailey leaving. I can see maybe, you know, there been a situation where they think it hasn't worked out. We bring in, we bring in another wide player and all of a sudden he's, he's starting even less, isn't he? So, yeah, those two, I think he'd be unlikely. I know Martinez has been linked. If a big money, big money move might be, might come in, you know, big, big, uh, big offer. Yeah. So that could happen, but I can't see. I can't see your your Conzas, your Mings, your Watkins, your Louises. I can't see that. Someone might come in for Louise again. That, no, that, that, yeah. that, that, that happened. Um, yeah, but you'd like to think the ambition we show might convince him to stick around for a bit. I, I tend to agree. I think obviously there's there's a chance that Martinez goes. There's a chance that maybe Matty Cash goes, but it depends on who he brings in and does Cash then fight for his place. Um. Bailey, I think, does go. Um, so that would probably be my... And, let, yeah, possibly Luca Dean, if, again, if he doesn't want to kind of fight for fight for his place. But it look, it all, it's almost like it's like get get 60 minutes out of Moreno and then bring bring Dean on or, or vice versa. So, yeah, because that's the, the main attacking threat almost, it's, it's, it's kind of 
been quite a regular substitution for him. So, yeah, yeah, it's a difficult because do you know what the weird thing is? Is we we said like about I don't know six weeks ago, Emery probably only keeps like two of these players out of the squad, and now we're like because they've been co- like being coached so well and they're playing so well at the moment, it's like actually you'll probably keep most of them. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's a strange one. Um, yeah, Rachel <laughs> said, go on. Doesn't it just shows you what good coaching can do? It just shows absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because some of these players, are we, I think all of us had absolutely written off some of these players. And actually, you know, and it just, just by the way, I don't know if we'll get on to talk about it properly, but I've got to say, I thought both centre backs were fantastic. I thought they were great. I thought they were really good, but the whole game, West Ham didn't yeah, really. You've, met, you've mentioned it, mate. Absolutely. 100%. Like, I know we, again, we talked about it earlier about. Both of them, like Mings was just commanding and kind of didn't really give Danny Ings a, a, a sniff, really. I know he got it, he got a couple of flick-ons and got in one or two times, but and he was there and Mings was there to cover for Moreno when he got kind of done a few times from Bowen. And then on the other side, Conta was the same with, with Cash, yeah. but also like they seemed to they seemed to be like much more assured on the ball and some of the passes that they were playing through. It, like in quite incisive passes, you know, into into that midfield area was was really yeah. good. Yeah, credit credit. I thought they were good defending set pieces as well. I still think that uh, that diagonal ball onto Moreno. Absolutely, we know the system he plays. The left back's always more further forward. That diagonal ball to Moreno is on a hell of a lot. Um, yeah. I, did, I did have quite a view. I was quite central actually. I was um, on a, on a West Ham ticket as you alluded to earlier, so I had a really good view of the goal. Um, but um, but I was perfectly been able to see, like, because obviously with a wide view, you know, rather much on telly, I was like, that pass is on all the time over over the top of their wide player. And then Moreno with good touch would be in every time. It's a strange one because their, their right back was getting caught inside too much. And obviously that was leaving Moreno with a lot of space. And Matty Cash was getting caught inside quite a bit. And then that, that ball over to, to Ben Rama was on quite a lot. The, it was more a ball over the top to Bowen that was like kind of used his pace, but the the kind of diagonal ball and it, I don't know whether it was body position or what from 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 those two right backs or whether they just weren't sure of where to be positionally, but it, it was causing both teams problems that those areas. But um, obviously we got a goal from it. Ben Rama was causing us problems, but didn't didn't manage to finish. Um, yeah, yeah a few cool. comments. Um, we do need to start having goals coming from other players to keep progressing. Um, the thing is, Fulham and Brentford, as expected, falling away and Chelsea are improving, but a good run from us could be interesting for a decent finish. We will come on to that in a, in a bit. Dougie has returned to form under Emery, definitely. Gary says, think Ramsey is a bit like Platt. If he doesn't score, he isn't really contributing a lot. Um Michael says, this may be unpopular, but as well as Johnny's plan, I believe he will be a bench player next season too. Well, I guess it depends on kind of the midfielders that he brings in. Mm-hmm. Um, Duncan says, Ramsey needs a rest for me when we have players back. And and Ramsey could be a bench player next season. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I think we need to remember just how young Ramsey is at times. He's still only 21 and sadly isn't going to be consistent in game changing at times. If anything, we need players like Coutinho to help. From from Greg, yeah, agreed. Um, who do we think are coming in then? Two each, please. Uh, hmm. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I think Nico, this Nico Williams rumor doesn't seem to be going away, um, and I do think you'll, you know, as as many managers do, they raid their old clubs. So I do think a wide 
player comes in. Um, and I think that Moliero, is it? I think that's probably one that will get done. It do, again, doesn't seem to be going away. But whether he's one who's going to get into the first team immediately, I don't know. He's coming from um, Liga B, La Liga, La Liga B, and albeit a team that's at the top of that, but that's a big jump for the Premier League, and he's only 19. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably say those two are probably ones that would come in. Uh, other than that, I, I, I really don't know. Like, there's been Denzel Dumfries who's been mentioned, but obviously that's doing the rounds like Newcastle and Villa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, I, I don't really know. Villa's Gendouzi. very quiet about their business, so it's very yeah. difficult to say. Gwendouzi, I think, has got a chance. I think there's a lot. Yeah, Gwendouzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe a Pau Torres. Um, Tammy Abraham's been linked. Whether I think, you know... Oh, it's not uh, yeah, I just think I think is Abraham offering you more than Watkins? That's a question you'll ask. Well, look, let's let's talk about him because obviously, what is it? Six goals in seven games? In seven years, is it? I think he's the fourth best scorer this year in the Premier League after like Kane, Rashford, I think, in Ireland. Mm. Yeah, and obviously can score right foot, left foot, head. Um, put away the first chance that he had should have scored with the second chance that he had but constant constant threat to um constant threat to west ham constant threat to most defenses at the moment what's interesting to see is something that we were saying so much mate i don't know how many times we were saying it but stop doing all that running in the channels, stop doing all that kind of chasing and chasing and chasing and just stay in the areas where you can be most effective and look at what's happening. I, I absolutely love the goal. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't se- celebrate at all. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and there was a woman behind me, uh, on it, I've got to say as well, who was sat, ch- chatting to some bloke. I don't, know if, I don't think they were together. I don't, it went irrelevant, really. But all the way through the game, she was saying stuff like, who are Aston Villa? What have they ever done? And I was sat there and I was thinking, 1982, you knob. Um, <laughs> what, have I, what have they ever won? Um, what players have I ever had? Never any decent players. I've been a bit of a nothing club. Honestly, you know what I'm like, mate. I was so proud of myself to not turn around and go, Oi, Bint, we've won the European <laughs> Cup in 1982. That's what we stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, but, um, but I didn't, but anyway, I've said it now in this podcast. So she is watching. Um, no, um, it, it was Make just because you subscribe. If you are watching, like and subscribe. Um, I had a great view of the goal, it was brilliant. And I mean, the cross from Rainer was delicious. And I was going, you know, like literally, you know, when you're like, you're going, come on, edit, edit. And I didn't yeah, want to, yeah. would have seen me around me. But when it went in, I was just, I was so proud. It was a great goal. Obviously, a nice pass out wide from Louise, wasn't it? Great crossing. And their right back, Kira, um, is actually a center half, fit by trade. So I think, yeah, definitely get a black. And it makes me think, actually, if you had a real quality wide player, a Nico Williams or, you know, someone like that, whatever, a decent Bailey on form, you really could have got at their fullbacks properly. But it was just a great goal. And Watkins, I mean, hasn't taken, obviously, the, um, you know, the disappointment of not scoring in the game before too much. Should have had a second goal. You know, I looked, looked at it back and to be fair, it came in quite quick. And I think, you know, he, he diverted it. On. Yeah, he did. He did what he could with the shot. Um uh, and the keeper did quite well to anticipate where it was going to go. So I, I do, yeah. I, I think I think he would look at himself and say he should have scored it. But look, he gets it, gets it on target. 
it's a decent contact on it. It probably probably gets too good a contact on it if you like. You yeah, know, you almost want it to slice off your slice off your yeah. instep and just go in that corner, like yeah. glance it. It's almost want it to do that. But Gary's made a point that there the next step is for him to get two or three in a game to win games outright, and that's yeah. that's the next step. It's all it's great scoring in consecutive games, but as Rachel pointed out before, we haven't really got enough players who contribute to goals anyway. So we need him to kind of chip in with like two in a game or, you know, or, or even a hat-trick. But we'll set up for two first. He's got an opportunity now to really get up the scoring charts because he's on nine goals now. And let's, let's be clear, like most of them have come this year. So if he keeps his, this run going, you know, he's, any, um, he's on level, level with Foden and Madison. He's only one behind Rodrigo, Odegaard and Saka. Two behind Armoron, Mitrovic, Salah. And then you've got literally the top five of Martinelli's on twelve, so he's only you know he's only three three goals off being the fifth best scorer in the league. I just you know I I, I just love to see him keep going. Why couldn't he be behind Haaland and Kane? You know, there's absolutely yeah. no reason why not. Does he force his way into the England squad? I think his form at the moment. I think he has to. I think he has to. Just now, I think he's playing. I think about English strikers that are playing well. Clearly, Kane he's he's going to be in. You know, goes without saying. But you know, I know Wilson's Tony's not playing well, is he? No, Tony. I think Rashford will be in clearly. It, 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 Wilson's if Wilson's not in, you've got Tony. You've got, gosh, you've got yeah, probably Tony. Yeah, I don't know if you can pick Tony at the moment with obviously the what's going on. So yeah, could could be in, could be in. Mm-hmm. Um, he deserves it as well, and I think he deserved actually uh, the Player of the Month award, didn't he? Yeah, Rashford got it, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, just some comments around sort of players that we're going to keep or sell. Uh, Duncan says, don't think we'll sell many. Perhaps Bailey and Cash will have a much bigger and better squad next season. Michael says, summer, I think we'll sign one more centre-back, a right-back, midfielder, winger and striker. Players will go into the first team. So, a busy, busy summer that's, predicted that's, there. Um, that's Pau Torres, maybe, has been linked as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel says she thinks the youngsters will be most likely to be moved on. Well, talking about the youngsters, obviously, um, you know, Aaron Ramsey scoring. Um, uh, Cameron Archer scoring and Tim Eric Bonham scoring and Louis Barry scoring the, on the Friday yeah. night as well. So, look, right. like I think the first three I mentioned there, um, they, they think they have got bright futures. Whether they are with Villa or not, I don't know. I don't really know. And you probably say the chances are that one of them might get get something at Villa. The other two won't in terms of law of averages. But look, if they go on to get us like eight, nine, ten million. It's it's you get you get three or four of them going for that fee. It's all well. It's it's great for the the great for the club, isn't it? And that's what you want. You want a factory of young players going through, making a good career for themselves, and us being able to get transfer fees for them. You think about what kind of money you can now get for an Archer, for a, an Aaron Ramsey, for a Philogene Bedace, for a, for a Keenan Davis. I know Davis has not had the best season; he's had a couple of injuries. But you know, you've got players there that could easily, I think, all of them score ten plus goals in a championship. I, th- I think I think you get a few million quid for all of them potentially. I know Ramsey's not played that much first team football, but Cameron Archer, um, I'd like to still think we, we keep, you know he's he, he's a bagsman, isn't he? He knows where he knows where the net is. He, sh- he should be one who we, we keep. He should be. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Lamar Bogard's getting absolute rave reviews from Joey Barton at Bristol Rovers as well. Really is. So he said he didn't know how good he was, did he? When he signed him, no, no, no. So look, you know, th- this is what we're saying. Like sometimes loan moves can break players. Sometimes loan moves can make players, and and you don't realize what you've got. So 
fingers crossed that they they start to do really well. But yeah, in, in terms of Rachel's point, yeah, I do think some of them will will inevitably move on. But if, like we say, we can get 20, 25 million for selling three young players, you obviously then reinvest it in the club. So, or you know, and then that pays for the academy or does whatever it does whatever it needs to do because you you um, FFP is is massively benefited from that. You, you, um, you've got to you've got to reinvest it properly, haven't you? Because the yeah. a guy, a, a guy I was with, um, big West Ham fan, mate, was um, talking about Rice and you know what do you do with the money if you sell him? And I said, well, listen, look what Spurs did with the bowel money, not a fat lot, you know. They they bought like nine players in there, not that many of them worked out. And then I was thinking, hang on a minute, we got under a million for Grealish and we bought Danny Ings. He's now playing. There's <laughs> no playing for you. Playing for them, yeah. Bailey, I, I seem to talk about more than I talk about my own kids. Um, as an dear. And Emmy Bendir is, you know, not been a hot and cold. cold. So it's all what you spend your money on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simon said, I was surprised Mings wasn't blamed for the match of the day debacle by the media <laughs> or by Villa fans, to be fair. Um, Gary said, I thought Tony Gale was annoying when he said he doesn't see where we have improved under Emery as he is a fan of Gerard. I was actually watching that, that stream. And um, yeah, I couldn't believe that I had Tony Gale on, like, we're talking about impartiality here. Like, he certainly wasn't impartial as a co-commentator. And yeah, he was like, they said, oh, Villa improved under Unai Emery. And he was like, well, the results would suggest they have, but I like Steven Gerrard. <laughs> like... what, what a ridiculous thing to say. I, I actually was sat just above Tony Gale. I had to walk, walk past where he was sat. Um and I did hear that he said that comment. I mean, let's be let's let's talk about it for a second, right? What a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> You know, we were looking at the results would suggest, and like all he was doing was talk about how like West Ham needs to get in behind and West Ham needs to do this. He wasn't saying anything like Villa were popping the ball about, like, and all this, and he just wasn't saying anything about it. I mean, if he's doing that for a West Ham fan TV, I get it. If he's working for a who is he, which you ever broadcast it? It was it was the Premier League feed, so it was yeah, it's meant to be kind of yeah. Um, 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 unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's like they're like getting Gabby doing it for the villa, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I know, like sometimes I have Lee Hendry and stuff on Cocon, but they don't generally do it too. I know Gary Neville does for United, but it, it, it was just that? sometimes. But it was just so it was so bad. It was un, it was so bad. Yeah, like, and it's yeah. also patently a ridiculous comment because Gerard was rubbish at Villa this season i mean and we look like we we're going down and the, the transformation under emery is night and day it's just the ex-pros club isn't it the ex-pros england boys club all that it's just like you know emery is a foreign manager blah 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 we want english managers to come in and do well that's literally where he's borrowed like he's going from the old school like english manager book isn't he and like yeah it annoys yeah. me as well because i i used to quite like what i used to quite like about tony gale was he got a random move for one season to Blackburn, didn't he? When he was like yeah. 36, 35, 36 years old and won the Premier League. Got a random yeah, move. Yeah. Ended up playing like, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 games. I used to think, fair play to you, Tony Gay. West Ham, pretty much most of your career. You get a random like backup centre-half gig and then Blackburn win the league at 35. Anyway, he's annoyed me now, so he's up for Christmas card. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, Duncan says, huge improvement under Emery. Absolutely. Um, Alfie said, doesn't think Nico will leave Basque Country. I saw a documentary and he loves where he lives. Um, Villa won tons more than West Ham. Typical ignorant prawn sandwich. Yeah, you go. The, your lady who was saying that. Um, 
what we've got here. Rachel said, Mings and Watkins have done all they can for an England call-up, although someone said on Twitter, I don't know if I would want Southgate coaching instead of Emery. Yeah. Uh, Timmy McBonham from Matt C said, has to be on the bench next season. Yep, sure. I sure think so. Definitely given a chance in pre-season. Archer will stay at Villa. Yeah. Uh, I think Keenan will be coming back. He's not done great. Uh, Rachel thinks that uh, Archer will be sold. Michael said, when are you guys coming to Villa Park? Well, you'll be there on, on Saturday, won't you, Kev? I'll be there, Mike. I'll be there. Yeah, I, yep. I won't be there Saturday, but I'll get to I'll try and get to as many as I can. So we'll try. I know uh, actually talking about uh, people going to Villa Park, one of our, one of our um, supporters, Peter, um, Peter Haywood has travelled over from Australia. Um, he's currently in the UK, and he is going to the going to Bournemouth game with his wife for the first for their first ever live game. Fantastic. So, uh, I, I did put a tweet out to see if we if the club. I'm going to try and get another tweet out, but I'd love it if the club could do something for them, or just you know yeah. get them a tour around the ground or something like that, yeah. just to make it a bit more special for them. Yeah. So if if anybody does know of uh, anyone at the club um, on Twitter is Peter Haywood is Otto K-N-A-B-E at, at Otto K-N-A-B-E is Twitter handle. But yeah, um, they've come over, him and his wife have come over from Australia. They're attending the Villa Bournemouth game. That'll be their first ever live game. So if we can somehow get a message to the club, if I'll, I'll put another tweet out, if we can get some, get it spread out, that'll be amazing. Um, so yeah. Um, please do, please do see if we can spread the word. Um, Adam said, "How come the how come the game is shown on Villa TVs? Did I miss something since when my Prem games on there live? Um, they're not live on Villa TV, <laughs> but you know you gotta you gotta do what what you gotta do." Um, let's have a quick look at stats before we finish up, Kev, and then I do want to come to Gary's point around kind of the table and the missed opportunity that you wanted to kind of touch on mate so before we do before we do please do as i say before give the uh video a like and um do subscribe if you are new to the channel uh to help us spread the word we've got as i say great numbers watching please do hit the like i'd love to get to 100 likes off off this off this stream so that'd be amazing um so yeah more possession care 15 59% possession 40 41% 41% for West Ham. They had six shots on target. We had four. Um, they had 17 shots in total. We had 12, but lots more passes from us and, and lots more touches. I did see that other than the top six, like the other 14, that, that website, that Twitter page, we had the highest pass accuracy out of all the 14 clubs in the Premier League, like discarding the top six, which Fantastic. I don't think we've ever done that for, a, for a, like, I don't remember. It was like 87% or something. Um, 12 tackles from us, 25 clearances, 12 corners for West Ham, two for us. You did mention about kind of the way that we defended corners really well. Only one offside for us to show that uh, either showed that we didn't really get behind them or West Ham were defending quite deep. Um, and they had six offsides. So we did keep our very high line and then nine fouls and six, six fouls for us. So not too many fouls in the game. But yeah, definitely a game where we did keep possession quite well. Possession is 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 great, isn't it? Now we seem to be doing that more and more and more. It's not always not always an indicator, obviously, of, of success. Um, I heard a really interesting stat while 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 we're on the topic of possession. 
about our dear rivals Birmingham City the other day. In that, I think I think this season they've had more possession eight times this season than the opposition, and they've lost every single time they've had more possession. So just goes to show, doesn't it? Like it's not all it's not always an indicator of success. You know, to 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 have eight games where you've had more possession in the entire like championship season so far, and to have lost all of them. So yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Adam said it was on the it was on live on the on Villa TV. So, bit of a bit of a bonus for people there. So there you yeah, go. interesting. Um, yeah. So just looking at the table, Kev, because you did want to touch on the fact that it was a bit of a missed opportunity um, that we didn't win on on Saturday, albeit with you know a, a point isn't a bad result considering the record that we've got at West Ham. But obviously, we're still in that 11th position. Um, and we are two points behind Chelsea, who have Everton on on the weekend. With three points from Brentford, who have Southampton on the weekend. And obviously, we have we have Bournemouth uh, this weekend. Fulham don't play. I think they've got, they've got not a game until the international break because of FA Cup. So, a chance to close the gap on one or two teams above us. But... That goal difference as well is is playing a part, and yeah, uh, it, it, when you look at the table like that and see us in eleventh position, if we've got any any designs on trying to push, uh, trying to challenge for the, the conference league or whatever it is, that win, that not getting that win yesterday does hurt our chances a little bit. Do you think in um I don't know like one hundred and fifty years when like the aliens <laughs> come. The, uh, aliens come and like with their spaceships and you know we're in like this um, dystopian future nuclear barren wasteland Villa will still be 11th <laughs> and we'll still be talking about missed opportunities and we'll still yeah. be talking about like next game is like a is like a, a, a defining game for us of where we want to be next yeah. season or where we want to be for the rest of the season yeah I think I think that's absolutely nailed on it's um Oh, it's it's just really frustrating because a draw away at West Ham in any other situation would be a really good result. I mean, if you look at their team, actually, it's a decent team, and they had like the yeah. likes of Maxwell Cornet on the bench. You know, I know, yeah. I know. I was, I'd forgotten, totally forgotten about him. Yeah, I mean, Skamaka's not playing at the moment. He's like a record sign. Pequeta was playing. He didn't really do anything, but Fornals came on. And as soon as the commentator said when Fornals came on, he scored in his last three games in a row against Villa. And then there was a long ball, and he nearly got an end. I was thinking, here we go again. Like, but yeah, yeah. it's a de- de- decent team. We've got a terrible record against them, and it simply says a lot about the progress, the progression under Emery that. I'm disappointed we didn't take three points, but I think you've got to look at it as as probably a good point when when you consider that we had that mini slump. Brentford lost. You know, we had an opportunity to get... If we'd have won, we would have been a point off Brentford, level with Chelsea, point off Brentford. We would have been two points off Fulham and Brighton with a game in hand on Fulham. I mean, Brighton have got two games in hand on us, so they look like they're, they're really yeah. But I mean, they're, they're, they're saying, or some, some of their, I don't know, their players or fans are saying that you know, why can't they push for the top four? But there are going to be teams that will come back into us. There's, I mean, the re- like Gary said, there, the relegation battle is going to be massive. But like, there's still like 11, 12 games of the season to go. It's still like, you know, nearly a third of the season left. Like, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's kind of three or four games to go. Like, it's going to go to the wire, but there's plenty of points to play for still. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I'd like to think as well. Like when you look at look at the fixtures, I know like it's easy to have kind of rose tinted glasses, right? But we've got Bournemouth at home. I mean, Chelsea away won't be easy. Leicester away, 
you'd think the form Leicester are in, you've got to fancy your chances. Then Forest at home, then Newcastle at home, then Brentford away, then Fulham at home. I mean, that's not a bad run of games, is it? No. Really? You know, Fulham, Brentford, Forest at home out of three games. A, a way trip to Leicester. Um, obviously, a way trip to Chelsea. Bournemouth at home before that. Then we got Man United away. And I mean, okay, not won't be easy, but on their day. Then we got Wolves away, Spurs at home, and then we got Liverpool and Brighton. I mean, it could be worse. We've obviously played we, Man City. We, we could, yeah, we could get twice, we could, we could get ourselves in a decent position before playing those two or three last games, which are quite tough. But yeah, we could definitely. Um, just a bit of fun there. Gary, Gary said the relegation zone is really exciting. Who's going to go down? Well, do you know what? I, I'm I'm living for this relegation fight, dog fight of the Premier League right now. I think Netflix needs to do a documentary about it because it's just brilliant. Like, actually, like, it just changes all the time. I, do, I really hope it's this close going into the last game of the season. You know, Southampton got a really valuable point. I mean, obviously, Casemiro got sent off, so I might be, be ruining that. But Southampton bottom are only five points off 12th and they're bottom. Yeah, Madness. I mean, like, if you're looking at a team that, Looking at teams that are dropping like a stone, it's like Palace, Forest, and Leicester. Leicester. They seem to be the ones that are re- like Leicester have lost their last four in a row. For- uh, Palace have drawn three and then lost two in the lost the last two. One all year, Palace. All, and all Forest year. of Forest of yeah, they've not won in five. Like they've lost three and drawn two over the last five games. Whereas, you know, an Everton have kind of. Won two out of the last five and drawn one. Um, West Ham aren't on good form either. They've won one and drawn two of the last five. Where oh, it's so difficult, like Leeds in there as well. I think Leeds are down. I think, I think Leeds so. will go down. I think Forest are in trouble. Uh, it's, t- it's tough to call on it. It's tough to call. Yeah, it's so difficult. I still think I don't think Southampton will get out of it. Well, I, I thought Southampton, Bournemouth, and Everton were nailed on, but I think under Dyke, I yeah, thought Everton, under... Everton will stay up now. Yeah, Everton it, will stay up. Just gets 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 those one nil wins, not against the Villa, of course, Sean, but gets those one nil one nil wins. Um, you know, at home, and he's done it three times now. It's brilliant. Southampton have got seven points out of the last twelve. You know, two wins and a draw out of the last four. So they're... but I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of poor teams. I do think the likes of a West Ham, a Leicester, a Wolves. Are too good. Palace could really. Palace, yeah. is Palace can't score goals. Yeah, it's like I think I could. I can still see Leicester putting like two wins at back to back. Yeah, and well, I can obviously Everton's home form will still do them good. Yeah, Leicester, yeah. Leicester beat Villa and Spurs two, by four. Scored four goals against both those. De- you know, decent teams. Two games in a row. So um, they I think they they'll have enough eventually. I mean, once you're down there, who knows? Get an injury, but. Yeah. My pick would probably be at the moment Southampton. I think the bottom three at the moment probably will go. Southampton leads Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't see and like yeah, because I mean Palace. If they win a game one nil, win a couple of games one nil, takes them to thirty three points. Yeah. Did did, you did, did, you, did you hear that stat about Palace? Yeah, they haven't had a shot on target for like three games or something. Yeah, it's a record three since since I think the stats began. No team's gone three games in a row in the Premier League and not had a shot on target. I mean, absolutely dog shit, isn't it? They're terrible. Yeah, there not you go. Gary said it there. Oh, um, yeah. We've got what? So Duncan said uh, Southampton, Bournemouth, West Ham or Wolves. Um, Wolves. Who else said? Wolves. Simon said Southampton, Forest and Leeds. Uh, Duncan says Wolves are in trouble too. 
Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Uh, Michael says disrespect from London clubs towards Villa. Um, yeah, we, we've never done that well in London. I mean, I think we're kind of arresting that a little bit nowadays. But yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to cover, mate, off the off the back of the game yesterday? Uh, can I have a chat about Leon Bailey, maybe? <laughs> I know we haven't really talked about him a lot. No, that's right. No, um, mate, I think we've done it, you know, and let listen, let, let, let's end it on a, on a positive note. You know, we, we've, we've had a couple of good wins um, with, with clean sheets. And then we've had what was quite a dodgy penalty. Um, we can briefly touch on the fact that if that was a penalty, then was the Buendia one with Rice not as much of a penalty? I know it's, it'd be soft as well, but, you know, it's it, it, it's if you're going to have a dodgy decision. Um, and a point away at West Ham, and we're disappointed about that point away at West Ham, I think is a really good sign. Absolutely. And we back it up with a victory against... Um against Bournemouth on Saturday and it's it's really good form going into the international break. So But you know but you're not be classic villa. Oh mate, yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna don't wanna <laughs> we'll we'll get into it in the preview later on this week. But yeah, let's let's make sure we're ending ending on a high because like you say, good result, decent form, seven points out of the last three. Uh Villa women flying high, mate. It's all good. Youngsters, um, for him. youngsters winning, yeah, through to the final of the Premier League Cup in the under-18s. Everything's the on- going well. And the on-loan players as well, like scoring on-loan goals. On-loan players flying, mate. So, look, everything's rosy at the Villa at the moment. We're marching on under Super Unai Emery. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Up the Villa women. And as cool. always, thank you all of you for watching. Thanks for all your comments. And please remember, we'll follow the Villa. Thanks all.